G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, with so many things happening in the headlines uh, that deal with the Middle East and with Muslims and the Islamic religion and what Christians are thinking about these things, let's follow through some of the issues that we're facing around the nation. Jenny Stokes from Salt Shakers is back with us. Hello, Jenny. Welcome back to 2020. Hello, Neil. Good to be back. Jenny, you know that uh, in the next hour, I'm going to be chatting with a couple of ladies uh, who were sentenced to be executed for their faith in Iran and uh, spent about eight months of their life uh, in Tehran's brutal Evan prison. Uh, It illustrates really some of the challenges that the world faces with the rising up of Islam and uh, certainly this fundamentalist and extremist version of Islam that people are seeing around the place. But here in Australia, it's not like we are some ways separated from what's happening in the Middle East because this headline that so many Australians are fighting in the Middle East has got to be a concern for us all. Well, that's right, Neil, and it's interesting to see that the security forces and uh, you know the investigation authorities in Australia are actually posting concerns about that, and actually, it's particularly with young men going overseas to fight with ISIS and so on, which is actually now illegal if they actually are... are talking about giving them extra powers to cancel passports and so on to stop that happening. But actually concerned with them coming back into Australia, having been trained in, in you know, terrorist tactics, if you like, in warfare, killing other people, which they're doing obviously with, with ISIS in both Syria and now in Iraq with the conflicts there. And so that's a real concern to see that you're actually getting trained young men coming back into Australia. Of course, the big concern is, you know, these are Aussies that are going over to the Middle East and to places like Syria and northern Iraq. And a lot of people would be saying, well, how can that happen in a nation like Australia? Yes, and I think that that's a good question, Neil. And part of the problem is that uh, that many of the young men that are going overseas, or some of them are actually converts, but, but many of them are actually second generation migrants. So often their parents have come from their conflicts in Lebanon and so on, you know, Many years ago, uh, 20, 30 years ago, they've come, they've settled, they've, they've set up businesses and they've often wanted to escape the conflict that they've had there and they've actually seen that they can actually be what might be sort of seen in some terms as, as moderate Muslims. They're not actually following Islam perhaps or, um, you know, they might be, be doing that but not sort of picking up the, you know, the, the jihad element of that. But often it's the young men, the, the children of these migrants, and perhaps sometimes there's unemployment in, in certainly in Western Sydney and so on. And so what's happening with these is uh, these young men are being radicalised. They're getting drawn in through the internet, through Facebook, social media and so on. And certainly one of those, a couple of the young Australian men were shown on YouTube this week uh, appealing to young Muslim men in Australia to come and join the fighting in Iraq with, with ISIS. So you've got that social media element as well. So people who are well versed in that and, and being drawn into that. And, and I think sometimes, you know, it's, it's the heritage. It's, you know, this is a faith of my father's and perhaps they're not, not practicing it in the way I think, you know, they should. So they, they 
they step out and become, you know, often it's called radicalised, but really saying, look, we actually want to follow what the Quran says and the Quran talks about this and, uh, and therefore they're, you know, responding to that. When you're saying the second generation, it's as though their parents perhaps are really quite moderate and peace-loving people, and that might be why they're here in Australia in the first place. But people do identify with their heritage and with their history. And and when we hear, as we did earlier this week, the largest per capita source country for jihadists going to fight in Syria and Iraq is Australia. That's It's staggering, isn't it? Well, that's that's right, and that's certainly why uh, the authorities, um, you know, the the police, the uh, ASIO, the other investigation authorities, are actually quite concerned about the the growing, uh, you know, number of young men that are going overseas, and often, you know, young men with wives and families. So it's not that they're they're single men who've you know not fitted in. Perhaps that these are these are people often with families. And we had one one case earlier in the year where uh, the wife actually travelled to uh, Syria to join her husband there, and uh, he was he was then killed. But it's, uh, you know, it's certainly very challenging and it brings up, uh, you know, the whole question about, you know, what is Islam and, uh, and how it actually, uh, you know, sets, and sets out a, a belief system for people who follow it. And, and we had that perhaps earlier this week, uh, or la- last week actually, there was an article in The Australian and it was called It Is the Young Flesh They Want. And it was quite a startling article about uh, young girls being married, particularly in Islamic uh, situations, in, and mostly in Western Sydney. And in fact, there was one, uh, the National Children's and Youth Law Centre has identified 250 cases of underage marriage over the past couple of years. And this is in mostly, you know, Southern Asia, Middle East and so on, and brought into Australia. Some, some are actually going overseas and being married. Some of them, are, they're bringing young girls into Australia to marry, and others, they actually have got young girls and are you know, disappearing from school and getting married and, and so on. And there was a case in the Hunter Valley earlier in the year where a 12-year-old was married off to a 26-year-old Muslim man. That's really scary, and uh, that goes right back into the heritage of Islam as to way that uh, as to the way that works out in people's lives today. Well, that's that's right, Neil. And often uh, for a Muslim, they actually look at the example of Muhammad as a perfect example. So, not only in the Quran but in the Hadith, which is really the sayings and the and the practices of Muhammad. And we know that Muhammad married one of his wives, Aisha, when she was six years old, and consummated the marriage at nine. And that's within Islamic. Um, teaching um, that that's actually what happened. So we have actually some of the Middle Eastern countries are actually changing their marriage law. There was one recently that changed its marriage law to allow uh, very young teenage girls to be married. And, uh, and that's, you know, officially married within Islam. So we have, have a problem, of course, here in Australia. We've got, you know, an age of 18 that's considered to be the age for marriage, uh, with, with some exceptions under that, down to 16. But we're talking about girls being often married off without their permission to, uh, to much older men. Well, Jenny, I mentioned as we first started our conversation in the next hour on 2020, we're going to be talking to Mariam and Marzia, two ladies who were raised in an Islamic country. Uh, the challenge that they have faced, obviously being imprisoned and even uh, sentenced to execution for their faith, is just one example of how these things uh, can happen in these sorts of countries. Uh, you've read the book. What's your recommendation for listeners to stay tuned and hear their story in the next hour? Yes, it's certainly a wonderful story, Neil, and uh, you know, I belong to a Christian book club, and our book club recently read the book Captive in Iran by the two, two ladies, and just a stunning example of how God works in these situations, and, and certainly what was happening there is that, you know, they were 
very quietly talking to people if she people showed interest, offering a New Testament or whatever, and and certainly they were raided, put into prison. But what they found, and you'll find from them as well, is that that people say, well, why are you here? And it's a perfect opportunity to actually share the gospel and to pray for people. And, uh, you know, I was sort of stunned by the fact that here you've got all these people, often women who are, are the... I have to sort of say the victims, people who are there because, you know, their husband beat them up or said, made a story there were girls who were involved in prostitution or other things. So there was incredibly um, sad stories. And yet many of these women were saying um, that they were following the, the ritual of Islam but hadn't actually seen the power of it and saw, saw the power of answered prayer um, from the Christian women. And, you know, I think that's, that's the thing. And God is speaking to Muslims around the world through dreams and visions, many of them becoming Christians, especially in a country like Iran. And we've seen here in Australia some of the Iranian people are becoming Christians. Uh, we've got stories here in Melbourne of hundreds of people becoming Christian because I think they've, they've seen what Islam offers and they've actually turned to Christianity because it offers hope and truth and uh, and the re- reality of um, of Jesus Christ. I am certainly looking forward to the conversation that is ahead in the next hour with Mariam and Marzier, uh, but pointing people to the Salt Shakers website where you can catch up on a whole lot of great resource that helps you to be able to understand things that are happening in the world from a Christian perspective. And Jenny Stokes, always great talking. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. Thanks, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.